When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Another massive weekend for Kiwis and Motorsport. Uh, where should we start? I, I think Nashville's probably as good a place as any, right? <laughs> good old Nashville. Brilliant. I mean, it, there's only been two races on that road circuit. And both of them have been absolute doozies. They've been brilliant. That is so, mate. It was today. I I was I was watching that race, and I was like, I don't watch every round of IndyCar, right? But I and that was really the first time I'd seen them race on a street circuit like that. And man, there was a lot of drivers in there who didn't know how to drive on a street circuit like that. I mean, how many times did you, no. how many cars went into the wall? About eight. Eight or nine of them, repeatedly making the same mistake. But that that's a like if you look at Nashville, that city still looks like it was, you know, it's an old school city. The architecture is beautiful. You know, it looks like straight out of the sixties. It looks like it's been in a real contemporary time warp. And the same thing is like the road surfaces are bumpy and, you know, like flying over that overflow bridge thing, you know, nearly 300 kilometers an hour. And then sort of then the run down into the, that concrete chute. I think it was turns eight, nine and 10. And, um, I oh know into turn 11, sorry you know, flat out. I mean, of course, nobody's ever ever driven on that stuff before, but it, isn't it funny that some of the, um, well, both Dixon and uh, McLaughlin, you know, cut their teeth on on the goat tracks of New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, and there's no other, for our, our racetracks, you know, except for Highland Park, you know, they're always, oh, and Hampton Downs, they're all just, you know, like, generations old so um and I, I think what helped you know it's helped dixon but also mclaughlin because he um supercars mm. yeah. you know he spent most of his career thundering around road circuits so to them especially scotty mclaughlin you know, to him it's just yeah okay it's a road course but you're absolutely right when you say a lot of the other americans will be going like and you know europeans and you know, they don't have too much street street circuits or street races in Europe. Um, we'll all be looking at that, those sort of things, scratching their head, going, "What on earth is going on here?" Yeah, that was the thing I no. thought. Um, you know, watching that race, I was like, uh, you know, because there was, I think, two or three high-profile drivers. I'm trying to think. I think uh, Castro Neves was one. I'm trying to remember who the others. Maybe Ed Carpenter, but they crashed with no one near them. There was like completely. They just misread the road. Yeah, and um, the AJ Foyt car that just spun mm. just down the middle. Of the, it came out of the corner, just lit it up, and the thing just pinwheeled down the circuit. And you know, there was Paul. I mean, Will Power's not my favourite of drivers, but Is you know, he just uh, mo- yeah, <laughs> probably not. But I do feel, you know, like the thing is, he's minding his own business and gets shunted in the rear because of somebody, you know, trying to go three wide somewhere, so he ends up with a bent gearbox. But I don't know whether too many people notice Roman Grosjean. Mm. 
who, when he was in Formula One, if you remember, always tangled up with his teammates and caused an awful lot of accidents. And he's starting to do the same thing. And in Mika, he, I mean, he went, he was, again, going three wide around the outside. You sort of go, what? It's a, it's a street circuit. Yeah. You don't do that. He gets squeezed, he squeezes a couple of guys off, and he gets squeezed later on. And, and you're sort of going like, you can't, again, it goes back to your point, Ricardo. You, you've got to realize it's, it's not a road course. You know, it's not a racetrack. So you've got to think differently. And that paid to Dixon and his team. You know, he started 14th. Well, I was going to bring that up because, yeah, he came from a long way back. I I was watching the start of the race and I was like, oh, yeah, Dixon's further, you know, down. And so I wasn't really paying attention. And then I was looking and I was looking for him and he was, no, he's not in the top 10. No, he's not in the top 10. No, he's not in the top 10. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, just <laughs> just through sheer will, determination and staying there while other people were crashing out, he made his way into the into the top 10. Next thing, he's leading the race. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and some of the safety cars helped him. You know, like normally he gets, you know, it all comes unstuck for him and his team of safety cars, but, you know, they put it at the right time. But, and, you know, his car got damaged, had some undertrade damage, so he didn't have as much downforce on the rear of the car as he would have liked. And he was saying that after the, you know, the post-race interview that he was, you know, he went the longest on his tyres, 47 laps. But they put the hards on in one of the pit stops under a yellow and just thought, well, we'll just go the whole length. So a couple of the other guys, including McLaughlin, had to pit again. But um, there's one thing about, I'd, I'd say a lot of people say, oh, you know, Scott might have, as in McLaughlin might have done. I think McLaughlin drove a brilliant race. Sure, he wanted to win, but he knew in that last lap, you know, he sort of stuck his nose out and thought, oh, do I have a dive down here? And I reckon he realised that if I dive down here, I'm probably not going to make it. Um, I'm going to lose a shitload of points, bend the car, and, you know, maybe look like a bit of a, a dick. And I think he just hung back. And I, but, and I reckon there would have been a few other drivers in that, that race that had been sitting behind Dixon would have tried to lunge down yeah. and caused a bit of chaos. So I'd say for, you know, he's not a rookie anymore because this is his second season. McLaughlin, I, I thought that was a really mature decision-making. He said afterwards, I hate coming second but he just made the right decision. And I think that bodes really well. It was a great drag yeah. race for the uh, for that final um, yeah. leg, wasn't it? You know, so the straight, um, that was, I, I almost thought he was going to catch Scott, but he just didn't have quite enough. I think if that had gone another 50 metres, he probably would have. What do you reckon, Eric? Well, we lost Eric. We might have lost Eric. Is Eric still there? No, he's disappeared. Maybe he's put me on silent. He might have muted me. He didn't like what I was saying. Um, there you go. All right, a couple of things. Uh, we'll get back to Eric shortly. Uh, but a couple of things that have come out. The is a punter at the TAB has put fifty grand on the on the Springboks to the, to win head to head at a dollar forty seven. Dollar forty seven for the Springboks to beat the All Blacks this weekend. A Kiwi punter at the TAB has put fifty grand on it. There you go. That is some brave punting. Or is it? Is that just a shrewd investment? Is that quick return? Will you be following them in? Let us know on the uh, text machine, double eight double three. Eric, sorry, you was, I, I was saying, you know, if, if uh, that race had 50 more metres to go of that last straight, I, I think Scotty McLaughlin might have caught Scott Dixon. Yeah, after the race, he said he just needed one more lap because he had, you know, he had uh, younger tyres on 
he's getting better drive out of the corners. But, you know, Dixon's been there, you know, he's a six-time champion. He's now clearly the second most winningest driver in yeah. that championship because he's got one more than um, uh, Andretti and he's only got, well, I think he's got another 10 to go to get to But he's Foyt, got but, um, 14, I think, because Foyt's but, on 67. Yeah, and... But the other interesting thing is now two points off the lead, championship mm. lead with three races to go. Yeah, and I mean, you know, winning the race is great, you know, and all the points you get, fantastic. But what those guys he's competing with did on that track this weekend also helped him a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's experience. He just, stayed, he just stayed out of trouble. Yeah. No, it was superb, mate. Great race and great result. Kiwi mm. won too um, at IndyCar. Hey, uh, something else I know you'll be absolutely fizzing about is... Um, I've seen this report. Brad Lewis, who I know you'll know, uh, has uh, was on Twitter earlier tonight saying several F1 pundits he's been talking to are reporting that Pierre Gasly is, has an out clause with AlphaTauri and Alpine are knocking. If they want, if he goes there, then there's a drive for Liam Lawson in F1 in 2023. That's uh, his summation. Uh, you will take on that. I think it's possible. I wouldn't because there are a couple of other Red Bull juniors floating around that are um, I think the only thing that some of the team principals in Formula 1 will be looking for, well put it this way if Dr Marco says Lawson will go into um, the, the, the second Red Bull team he'll go and he does seem to be the favourite at the moment but then again, you you got to look a little bit at where he's sitting in the championship. I mean, he's he's as quick as anybody out there, without a shadow of a doubt. But it's just consistency, mm. and you know, and that's why um, Daniel Ricciardo's tenure is probably over because there's just no consistency. Well, he's consistently midfield and below. But I must admit that silly season, as they say, has been quite entertaining, and all it took was for one person to retire. You notice that? All the dominoes. As soon as Sebastian Vettel said, ah, I'm done, boom, chaos. It's chaos right. in the category for drivers. I, I, I did see that Mick Schumacher put his hand up and said he was ready. I'm sure, I'm sure the, the, <laughs> uh, the Ferrari garage blanched at that, and they were like, oh, God, how many more panel beaters would you have to hire to, if we get this bloke on board? It depends on whether the marketing team of the, of an F1 team, if the marketing department can convince them that they can make a shitload of money on having that name in a car. Because you're right. Okay. Exactly. You're all extraordinarily talented to get there, but, you know, it's just, you know, like Lance Stroll, he shouldn't, you know. Should he really be there? No. Not really? No. Nicholas Latifi, not really. Um, I mean, this all sounds odd. I mean, I've, as you well know, I've sort of I've raced motorcycles, but I've never raced Formula One. But sometimes you've got to, that, that is a checkbook sport. Mm. So um, it'll just depend on whether the, they want the name in there. But I could imagine Alpine, the sporting director of Alpine's phone would have been going nut bars with every driver <laughs> no, around just saying, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And you just have to look to Formula E. Imagine the talent pool in there so, that you could just does grab that talent pool, from. How big are their checkbooks in, t in Formula E? That's the question. None. 
None. Yeah, that exactly. entire category is on talent. All those drivers get paid. You cannot buy a seat in Formula E. And that's when people say, you know, I'm sort of, I, I find it quite interesting watching those things bounce around road circuits in the, in, in the middle of cities. And it's quite a lot of argy-bargy in that category. If you, yeah. want, if you want to see NASCAR open wheel, I'd describe it as open wheel NASCAR. <laughs> um, seriously. But all those guys there on talent, you can't buy a seat there. You can't buy a team. You can't, you can't do anything. You get picked on talent. So yeah. you, you can't go for a stroll, as Ben just said in my ear. No. Yes, you can't go for a stroll and, oh, look, there's a Formula One car. Yeah, I think I'll get in. I'll jump in that. Thanks very much. So uh, when all the dominoes fall, what do you expect to see in 2023 in F1? Oh, I, I don't know. I might see. What I would like to see is Ricardo back at Renault. He did really well there. The, the car seemed to suit him. He got on well with the engineers, but then I don't know how much bad bride was left there. I think he could. He's one of those guys that will probably go somewhere else, get picked up, and have a massive resurgence season. And, you know, the typical larrikin Australian, you give two fingers to everybody and say, yeah, see, I just needed a good car. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting, I think, with, and I'd also like to see Lando Norris with Piastri. Imagine somebody that's bold enough to just put two youngsters in a team. And just say, there you go, guys. No go ego, no number one. Let's just go. No, no number one. Just two young guys, you know, just going through a hammer, hammer and tongs. Because if you look at most teams, they've got a, a veteran and a rookie, or well, not rookie, but a young driver. Yeah. And, you know, there's a certain sensibility about that strategy. But, hey, why not just... And it wouldn't surprise me if Zach Brown, um, CEO of McLaren Racing, you know, would just go, yeah, we'll just give it a go and see what happens. Give it a nudge. That would be Try really good different. to see. Try something Give different. Give it a nudge to see. Yeah. And here's a little curveball for you. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised, Yeah. and it depends on the next two or three races, if Lewis Hamilton might decide that he's going to become a full-time fashionista mm. and maybe leave. Now, can you, can you imagine how that would open things up? That would be... I'll tell you what, that, that might... And I could be wrong here, but I, that might maybe not spell the end of the checkbook driver, but those are drives where you need guys who can actually perform. So it's going to give people chances mm -hmm. who don't come with a checkbook but actually know how to drive. Yeah, and then, you know, like you could see some of the other young guys getting snapped up and moving in. And then, you know, it still leaves options open for um, Lawson, um, definitely. But I, I think he is the anointed one. At the Red Bull Junior drivers, you know, like um, at the time when Brendan Hartley was coming up through that before he got dumped, you know, he was Helmut Marco's sort of chosen one mm. to pick for it. So, um, but then again, I don't, that car hasn't been performing that well this season, not like last season. So, you know, again, would Lawson want to do that? Um, I, I, so think, I think he'll, he'll probably grab grab any opportunity to get in form, you know, to actually get a, a full time gig, and and so you should. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, mate? I know we yeah. would if we, we were given the opportunity. Um, mate, I tell you what, you yeah. and you and I, I reckon, would not be able to get a Formula One car out of pit lane. Mate, well, to be honest, I wouldn't be able to get in the cockpit of one. I don't think. To be fair. 
That's a bit harsh on yourself. Well, but I mean, you've got to be like, you know, you've got to be what about five foot, no, no taller than five foot eight, and you've got to be about what seventy kegs. Oh no, it's around about sixty three now. Yeah. So yeah, no, mate, I'm not getting in one of those cockpits. No way. That's what. That's where uh, Mark Weber struggled because he's six two, and getting him down to that sort of weight is just, you know, like that's almost like. Unhealthy. You, you get ill. Unhealthy. That's the word I was looking for, Ricardo. Go, hey, mate. just talking about healthy. Mm. Um, got to say, Hayden Patton's result. Well, I was. I was really gonna, he was the next, the, the next thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, getting on the podium there. That's great news. I, I, I'm outstanding. You know, I spoke to him earlier in the week, and he was still suffering from the after effects of the COVID he got in Estonia. Apparently, it really smacked him about. And he said he still had trouble breathing a bit, short, short of breath. But he said the best thing was the brain fog had disappeared. So he had clear thinking. But not to be, you know, 100%, hardly any time in that car, missing a whole rally, and you end up, you know, full-blown WRC2 category, and you end up third. And I think it was about 13th or 14th outright. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, I'm gobsmacked it, it was about a, that. To be it was honest. a great drive, and I mean, he was helped by the disqualification for the bloke that won. Um, mm. But I mean, that aside, still, I mean, that's fourth, like you say, 14th overall, uh, and yeah. getting getting the podium um, at somewhere like the Rally of Finland, which is you know one of the more prestigious rallies as well. Does that mm-hmm. do anything to help get him a full time drive in, in the WRC? What will happen, and we'll have to see, is when in September at the uh, Rally New Zealand, when he'll have more time to test the car, more time to get it sorted, because the car's not right for him yet. I mean, it's got a hell of a raw speed, but he and John Kennard, his co-driver, aren't, do not feel 100% comfortable in it just yet, because they've done bugger all mileage in it. Um, if he wins the WRC2 category um, in New Zealand, because he's already signed up to do a full WRC2 championship next year in Europe. Okay. I just think the best thing for him, well, he'll get more factory support from Hyundai and probably more and more money. So he'll be able to put together a bigger team. Because don't forget, this is a completely New Zealand team. It's all the mechanics, all the, everybody that's out there with him in Europe, it's all New Zealand. It's Hayden Padden Racing Group team. So it's not backed by any great well, Hyundai New Zealand, of course, but yep. you know it's it's not a manufacturer's team. It's his it's his team, and his dream is to actually go back to Europe with his team, and and hopefully try and win a WRC two world championship. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be absolutely huge. That'd be huge, Eric. All right, good stuff, mate. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Any anything else uh, that I've missed that you want to mention before we uh, before we wrap it? Oh, just to say that um, next weekend is. Funny enough, going full circle back to Formula E, mm. is Mitch Evans is sitting second in that championship with, I think, three rounds to go. And they've got their next round um, this weekend coming up. And, if, and you know, if he can keep... Because he's finally... He and the team have found consistency. So they're getting points and points. But it's Nick Cassidy who I've been watching. It's just unbelievable how that guy really just have, doesn't do much. You know, it's the first time in that championship. And he's already won two races. Easy, yeah, sort of it's easy. Pack. But the best thing for me is you've got two New Zealanders in Formula E doing really well, two New Zealanders in IndyCar, 
first and second. Two New Zealanders in Formula 2. One may actually get a Formula 1 gig. And, you know, and then two New Zealanders in supercars. Both doing well. Well, one leading it and one sitting in the top eight. Yeah, it's not bad, is Dude, it? Dude, we're we're... I think New Zealanders should abandon rugby. Totally. Just, just, just forget about rugby and cricket and concentrate on where we are doing extraordinarily well internationally. There you yeah. go. He said it. He said it. Well, I think we just about have given up on the rugby, mate, but that's right. I don't know if you heard that. We were getting you back on. The TAB sent out a tweet about uh, an hour ago now saying that uh, some Kiwi has put 50 grand on the South Africans to win the second test at $1.47. If that doesn't tell you they've given up on the All Blacks, I don't know what does. I mean, I don't watch it much, but I watched a little bit of those highlights. They're just clueless. But um, there you go. There you go. That's my take. That's my observation, mate. I don't, I don't need to write a thousand words on it. That's it. Hot, hot, hot rugby takes from ET. That's another feature on the show that we'll have coming up. <laughs> hey, Eric, th- thanks very much. It won't take long. It won't take long. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Go well. Catch up with you soon. Go. Hey, Ricardo, take it easy, mate. Thanks for the time. Really no appreciate worries. it. Yeah, you too, bud. You too. Eric Thompson there with us.